You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. I'm also the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. On today's show, we have a special guest. We're going to interview uh, Steve Aponovicius, former Boston College kicker and all-time leading scorer in Boston College history. He's going to talk to us about his history with Boston College. If you have not heard his story before, you're going to want to check this out. Uh, That's going to be coming up shortly. Let's just quickly jump into the news. We haven't spoken since the MLB draft. Actually, you know, Monday the show came out, but the draft had already happened a little bit. But I had recorded before, and three Boston College players got drafted in the Major League Baseball draft. That included Sal Freelich, the outfielder from Boston College. He was drafted 15th by the Milwaukee Brewers. I was surprised where he got drafted. I thought he would go a little higher than he did, but uh, he's going to end up with the Brewers. That's a great fit. I've heard that they have a farm system in dire need of talent, so it's a great opportunity for Freelich to jump up pretty quickly if he's successful at uh, the minor league level. Secondly, Cody Morissette was drafted by the Miami Marlins. They took him in the second round of the Major League Baseball draft. Uh, again, I thought he could go a little bit higher, um, but that was around where he he was projected to go. Some had him going as high as the first round. Second round, still a great grade for him. And in the sixth round, Emmett Sheehan was drafted by the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, Sheehan, uh, who went 5-5 five and five with the um, Eagles this year, and led the team with 106 strikeouts. We'll get a chance. I'm not sure where he will be in terms of signing with the Dodgers. I assume he will, but he has the opportunity to go back to BC. We'll have to see where that goes. Uh, the biggest interesting news of all of this was that Mason Pelio wasn't drafted at all. No, he was the ACC Pitcher of the Year. He struggled all season long. His stock plummeted, so he wasn't drafted. So he's going to have a chance to go back to BC, really work on his skills to get him back up to a level where he could be drafted next year. Um, they have a new pitching coach we talked about, um, David Vance from URI. So hopefully he can have some magic to get Mason Pelio back to that level that made him a first-round draft pick possibility at the beginning of the year, but really kind of fell off that cliff. Um, so you have three BC players going to the pros, and we'll have to see where everything goes from there. On top of that, they landed three transfers, all from lower-level schools, and um, There was one from Babson, another from uh, Sacred Heart, all just kind of arms for their bullpen. We'll see where they go for next year with that. In terms of BC football news, uh, just a little nugget. Geo Holmes, who is a uh, defensive back with BC, who's a true freshman, the first uh, recruit Jeff Halfley landed when he got the job. Uh, He's no longer on the roster. I couldn't get any information on why he's not on the roster, but he's gone. Um, It's interesting because he was on the all-academic team or all-academic list like a week ago, uh, like a month ago. So um, he's gone. Sean Gates, I had mentioned before, he is also no longer on the team. He never made it. He's with Utah State. Now, in a moment, we are going to talk to Steve Aponovicius about his career with Boston College. This is an interview you do not want to miss, so make sure you listen to that. Before we do that, let's talk a little bit about Rock Auto. Are you in the process of doing work on your car? All right, why spend 30, 50, or 100% more at a box store when you can head to rockauto.com and save now? Rock Auto is a family-based 
operation. They have been in business for over 20 years and they can get you what you need cheap. They have everything you need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go on over to rockauto.com and get what you need in their easy-to-find online directory. Just put in your make and model and boom, they have it for you. And make sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com The Locked On Boston College Podcast is supported in part by the Charlestown Law Group. You need to know about the Charlestown Law Group. If you or someone you know have recently received a traffic violation, speeding, or other moving violation that you would like to contest, then you need to call the Charlestown Law Group. Attorney Jason Campbell and his team can and will help you fight the ticket. Did you know that a moving violation can stay on your insurance record for five to six years? One conviction can cost you thousands of dollars. If you want to win, you generally need an attorney. Why not hire a professional litigator with a track record of success? Jason Campbell at the Charlestown Law Group will fight for you. He's a proud Boston College grad and an experienced litigator that will be able to tell you if you have merit before you go to court, saving you both time and money. Charlestown Law Group will fight tickets anywhere in Massachusetts, and they offer discounted rates for Boston College students and alumni. The Charlestown Law Group specializes in traffic violations, and they will fight for you. Just call them immediately at 617-872-8652. Again, that's 617-872-8652 for a free consultation, or visit thecharlestownlawgroup.com. Go Eagles! Locked on Boston College, this is A.J. Black. We have a special guest on our show today. We have legendary Boston College kicker Steve Aponavicius with us today. He was a kicker with Boston College from 2006 and 2009 and is the all-time leading scorer in Boston College history. Steve, how you doing? I'm good, A.J. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, I, I've talked to a few people and, you know, they were telling some of the older alumni and they were like saying like, you know, some of the guests they wanted to have on and your name popped up a bunch. And what really interested me was I talked to some younger alumni and everyone that's older knows your story. Anyone in the last like 15, 20 years, we know your story. We know how you got here, but some of the younger alum, alumni don't know your story about how you came to Boston college. And that's, that was, that floored me because like, I loved your story. So I wanted to hear, I wanted to get a chance to get you on here to talk a little bit about your time at Boston College. So Steve, kick it off. How did you become a Boston College kicker? It is pretty unbelievable, AJ. Every time I, I tell this story, it, it just seems harder and harder to believe, but I'll, uh, I'll give it my best effort here. So, um, <laughs> you know, I show up at BC in the fall of 2005 and I was a very mediocre high school soccer and baseball player, really no prospects of playing anything in college. Uh, I chose BC because at the time they had a great football and basketball program and I was excited to be cheering in the stands. Um, But one thing that I always had enjoyed doing uh, was kicking field goals. I would just go with my dad either after soccer practice or in the off season and he would stand behind the goalposts and I'd have a ball or two and I would just, go kick field goals for, for an hour. And I didn't think I was great at it, but, um, you know, it was fun enough that I, I kept at it. And when I got up to BC, I brought my ball and a holder with me really with no intentions other than, you know, I needed a pastime. I'd been playing sports my whole life and needed something to do in my free time. And like one of the first couple days up at, up in Chestnut Hill, I'm looking around for a field to go kick field goals at. And to my amazement, Alumni Stadium is just wide open. 
and kids are throwing frisbees on the field and uh, throwing footballs around and thought, all right, this is, this is all right. I can be out here. And I just put the ball down and, and start kicking. And I think I only did that maybe two or three times. And Jay Savetti, a graduate assistant at the time, uh, one of these times was walking to class through the stadium and he walks up to me and I think, all right, this is over. He's going to kick me off the field. I will <laughs> never be on this field again. Uh, and amazingly, he said something very different, said the team only had two kickers on the roster, uh, really could use some extra legs at practice and would I be interested and didn't even know what to tell him. I, but I just blurted out, I never played football before. Is that a problem? Uh, <laughs> and he said, it wasn't, don't worry about it. Uh, you know, we just need you at practice and, and we'll go from there. And, um, a few days later I had a one kick tryout in front of the special teams coach, Jerry Peter Kusky. It, uh, thankfully went well enough to earn me a spot on the team. And like two weeks later, I'm learning how to put shoulder pads on and, uh, going out to football practice for a top 25 team, which just incredible. And, uh, that was how I wound up. That's such an incredible story. And I, I, you know, I was at BC around the same uh, time that you became, uh, you know, you got your, your, your spot on the roster. And, I remember like you got, you were, you were put on the roster and there was like a week or two later, Ryan Oliger, there was something that happened and he couldn't play anymore. And there was that nationally televised game against Virginia tech and you had your first game and you hit two, three, uh, two field goals in your first game. What did it feel like being on national TV and having to kick in front of all those people? Yeah. Crazy. So there was actually a year in between that happening and me joining the team. So I, I got on the team my freshman year and okay. really all I did was carry the balls out to practice. Yep. Uh, just did not have any sort of role and, um, but worked hard and, and learned from, from guys like Ryan Oliger and Will Troost how to actually kick the ball. And, um, that fall and that spring, I'd still never kicked a live field goal. No one had ever snapped a ball and held it, and I'd kicked it. Everything that I did was, like, before practice started with my little plastic holder. Uh, but that following summer, you know, there was it was only Oliger and I on the roster then. And at that point, I started getting a little bit more involved in uh, in practice and got to – start to actually kick some live field goals. And, and you're right, a few weeks into the year, um, Ryan winds up getting suspended and just so happened that we're playing Virginia Tech on a Thursday night, you know, the program known for special teams more than any other. And yep. I'm the only guy on the roster who can kick a field goal. And, uh, and I've got to go make my football debut on national TV. So, I mean, just some things I'll never forget the day before sitting in a meeting room in uh, the Yaki Center with Kirk Herbstreet and Chris Fowler, who were calling the game, just talking through where my head's at and, and what I was thinking. And thank God I was just so naive and so dumb that I was just looking to have some fun and, uh, you know, thought this was going to be my one game that I would ever play in. I was going to make the most of it. And thank goodness it worked out. Made uh, two field goals and two extra points. We won, I think, 22 to three. 
and uh, played in every game the next four years after that. Now, yeah, I was going to say, like, so you became like an everyday starter after that. Did you become like a celebrity on campus? Were people like finding you and like, hey, Steve, and bothering you on campus a lot? And how did you react to all that kind of uh, new stardom that you had? Yeah, I mean, I, I went from completely anonymous to um, to a story that people knew. It, it was it was pretty crazy, but um, I had a lot of good people behind me who uh, who kept my head on my shoulders, and uh, um, you know, I'm really thankful for that. I mean, just what an amazing time in BC football's history was that period, 2006 to 2009, with with Matt Ryan at quarterback and just NFL talent all over the field, except for at kicker where you had a kid who never even played football before deciding <laughs> games. Now, now when you look back at your career, you had, you, you know, you're the leading scorer in BC history, which must blow your mind at this point. Um, is there a specific kick that you hit that like sticks out in your mind? Was there like a, a specific like highlight in your career that you just like, that's like your moment. That's something that you always go back to in, in your head. Yeah. I mean, I think the defining moment is, is, is one that probably most of us would remember. It's the bowl game in 2006. Uh, so coach O'Brien had left to go to NC state. We've got, you know, our entire coaching staff for the most part is leaving as well. Uh, you know, we're paired up with Navy, a team that we should beat by a hundred points. And, I go out and I miss an extra point like one minute into the game. You know, we get the ball, go right down the field and score. And I miss my first ever extra point. And it feels like it's going to be meaningless because, you know, we just drove down the field like it was nothing. And, uh, you know, we'll win this game going away. But that was not the case at all. It winds up being a really close game. And that extra point is the difference. And so late in the game, we're down two points because we had scored and gone for two and not made it. And uh, you know, Navy, true to their way, is still running the option, trying to kill the clock. And they happen to put the ball on the ground. Jolon Dunbar scoops it up. And, uh, and we get to put a quick little drive together to put me in position to kick a game-winning field goal. And I think it was 37 yards. It was right in the middle of the field. And um, luckily put that one through the uprights to win uh, – it was like our 10th bowl win in a row. It was some a crazy streak at the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was the kick that I think solidified the rest of my career. If I miss that kick, I doubt I ever play again. Uh, if you remember, we had the number one high school kicker in the country coming in the following fall uh, as a recruit and um, thought for sure this position is gone. But um, <laughs> that kick really, really changed things. That earned me a scholarship and uh, put me in a position to, to retain that starting job the following year. So that is the one. We'll have more with Steve Aponovicius in a moment, but first, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Right now, you can get the limited edition Grasshopper Cookie Bar while supplies last at BuiltBar.com. You need to check these out. They taste like a, a Thin Mint, those Girl Scout cookies that you all love but it's a, a protein bar. You have to check it out. 150 calories, 70, 17 grams of protein, only five grams of sugar. And if that doesn't float your boat, they have a million other, or nine other flavors and some other specialty ones that you have to check out, including coconut, cherry barcia, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and more. 
You know what my favorite flavor is right now because coconut almond is no longer a flavor. I like cookies and cream. That's a good one to go to for me. Now, if you go today to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all your sporting news. And don't sit on the sidelines anymore. When you sign up today at Bet Online, you'll get a fifty percent welcome bonus when you use promo code Locked. Locked on. Again, that's a 50% welcome bonus when you use promo code locked on at Bet Online. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So when I think of of superstitious positions in any sport, the first thing I think of are batters in baseball and probably pitchers in baseball. But then I think of kickers. And I think of the superstition and, and kind of the, the repetition and things that they do before every kick. Did you have anything that you did that was like your thing to go to before you made, made a field goal or an extra point? Gosh, I did, AJ. That's a great question because you're so right. It's just one of those positions that has weird people, you know, like relief pitchers and <laughs> baseball or kickers. Yep. I mean, and, you know, playing baseball growing up, I was so superstitious, wouldn't touch the foul line and had to put my glove on a certain way. And, and I tried so hard to get that stuff out of my head in college, but there were still definitely things. I had to kick the ball in the net only two times and had to go <laughs> squirt the water into my mouth three times, like just really odd stuff that, um, but, you know, to kick a field goal successfully you need to have such deep concentration for like two seconds. It sounds so simple, but it's amazing how many times it breaks down. So, so having a routine really is important to, to maintain that focus. And so, you know, you were in the locker room and, and, and as you said, during some of the best seasons for BC football, who was like when you were at practice, like the one player you would watch and it may not, it may be Matt Ryan. It may not be anyone that like blew you away watching them practice because they were so talented. What would be the one player you would pick? Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to pick Matt. He was <laughs> just incredible. And I think some of my best memories are watching him run seven on seven drills in the summer when there's no coaches there, uh, you know, he's the guy that everyone is gravitating towards. And I mean, you could really see that that summer of 2007 before our, our magical season, just, uh, you know, the, the work that he put in, it was no surprise that we went out and won 11 games. Um, but I mean, two other guys on defense, Jolon Dunbar and Jamie Silva are guys who were just, just so great at what they did and just, you know, the defense was every bit as important to that team as, as the offense was. And, and those are two guys that I would always watch to practice and just be amazed at their command of everything and, and just their athleticism. Cause you know, I was the worst athlete on the team by far <laughs> and, you know, watching guys like that, it could just literally do anything with their bodies was, was always amazing to me. So I got to ask you, cause you're bringing that up. If you were to run a 40 yard dash against Matt Ryan, who would win? <laughs> oh, Matt would have got me. He, uh, 
we would do like an NFL combine type thing in the, in the off season. And I would always get hurt or do something stupid. I think I may have run like a 4.9941 one year, but I think I just like tell myself that I'm sure it was over five seconds. Like when we would do running drills, like the linemen would be beating me, the wide receivers and DBs, my God, they were, they'd take two steps and be 10 yards upfield and I'm just getting my head up. But, uh, yeah, I think Matt would have got me pretty easily. <laughs> so 2009 happened to graduate. Did you think, were you interested in continuing football post-college or did you decide that that was it for you and you were going to go on to, you know, uh, something other than sports, as they say in those NCAA commercials? <laughs> yeah, I would have loved to have still been kicking in the NFL, but I was just not blessed with much leg strength. Yep. And uh, it was almost as if, my body was just done by the time uh, 2009 came. Like at one point, I think I weighed 200 pounds at five foot 10. And by the time I graduated, I was maybe 185. And it was like someone put a pin in me and I just like shriveled down to nothing. (laughs) But I went through our pro day that they do every year and I had trained for it and, and felt pretty good about, uh, where where I was at the time and there was a big storm and the bubble collapsed at BC. I remember that. And <laughs> Pro Day got moved back a couple weeks and I think it got shifted to Harvard. And I don't know, I just did I just didn't have it when I went out there and um put up an embarrassing performance in front of like two scouts, like the two guys who drew the short straws and had to go watch the kickers and uh I think I knew at that point, like you said, I had to go pro in something other than sports. So what did you end up doing, uh, you know, post-football? What, what kind of career did you end up in? So I've been in commercial banking ever since and uh, actually now work with colleges and universities uh, with, their, with their banking needs. So it's okay. been interesting. I've gotten to stay close to, to the college world and to college athletics and uh, – you know, it's, it's something I really love because I, I just think there's nothing better. That's awesome. And I think I saw – did you speak to the current team recently, like in the last year or so? Yeah, so I did. You know, the, the current coaching staff is, is really awesome. They're, they're so interested in having the alumni involved and, and getting us uh, to meet the current players and, and share some of our stories. So I got to meet with the, all the specialists and, and run through the story and um, – you know, guys who were five years old at the time this happened, mm-hmm. who had never heard it and, and couldn't believe that that I was able to just walk on the team like that. Um, but it was fun. I mean, great group of guys. And, you know, you can really see why, why something special is forming again uh, for the first time in a long time. Great. And so I'm going to, I'm going to put you through the, the ringer here now, Steve. So um, I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. One of my listeners uh, said I should do this, so I'm going to do it um, and ask you some BC related questions to see what your favorites were. What was your favorite place to live on campus? Man, I loved Edmonds because it was oh, so nice. close, so yep. close to the stadium. And uh, even though there was a giant crack forming uh by the elevators and pretty sure it was sinking, but uh, that was my favorite spot. <laughs> awesome. I was an RA and rest in peace. So. Um, yeah, I know. Right. Uh, what was your favorite food at lower? 
Oh man, you know, I liked to eat. I really enjoyed a lot of things there. My favorite food, I'm going to expand it a little bit. I loved the buffalo chicken wrap and I had to, you had to go to McElroy to get the best one. So I would take that walk up to upper campus uh, with some frequency to get the buffalo chicken wrap up there. Awesome. And my final question, are you still watching BC football? Every single week, AJ. It is uh, clear the decks. BC is on. Ideally, I'm at the stadium, but I've got a three-year-old daughter now and one on the way. uh, Congratulations. Keeps me at home a little more frequently than I'd like, but Mm -hmm. um, but I I am dialed in. Awesome. Well, Steve Aponavicious, thank you for joining me today. And uh, good luck with, uh, with, with the, the child on the way. Yeah, well, thanks, AJ. Appreciate it. All right. We're in thank- the same, same boat. Yeah, I got a little one. I actually was just having a child melting down before this interview, and I was going, oh, God, am I going to be able to get down here on time? So, Same <laughs> situation here. It's, uh, <laughs> thankfully, it worked out for both of us. All right. Well, thank you for coming on, Steve. Thanks, AJ. Take care.